Spring is a great time of year to do some cleaning around the house and clean up your finances. And something else that you can do for your family this spring is shopping for life insurance with Policy Genius as part of your financial planning for the year. Getting life insurance today means you'll have peace of mind so that if something were to happen to you, your family can cover expenses, things like mortgage payments, credit card payments, car loans, or even college costs. I have a wife and two kids, with a third on the way, by the way, and business partners that all depend on my income. So I needed life insurance and Policy Genius made that so incredibly easy. And with Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. So save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you can save. That's policygenius.com. One of my favorite ways to invest is real estate, but not everyone wants to handle tenants and toilets. Enter Fundrise. They make it easy to invest in real estate with their flagship fund. Now, as always, you always have to carefully consider the investment objectives and risks of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. But right now, demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. And the Fundrise flagship fund plans on going on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes with just as little as $10 by visiting fundrise.com slash PFP. As always, carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at fundrise.com slash PFP. That's fundrise.com slash PFP. This is a paid advertisement. On this episode of the Personal Finance Podcast, We're going to show you how to focus on the things that you can control with your money. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Personal Finance Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew, founder of mastermoney.co. And today on the Personal Finance Podcast, we're going to talk about how to focus on the things that you can control. If you have any questions, hit me up on Instagram at mastermoneyco and follow us on TikTok as well at mastermoneyco. We'll be answering a bunch of questions over there. And if you ask a Q&A question, we may even answer you via video and follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or whatever podcast player you love listening to this podcast to. And if you want to help out the show, leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And don't forget to check us out on YouTube as well at Master Money on YouTube. So today we're going to talk about seven different things that you can focus on with your money that you have absolute control over. Because when it comes to your money, The biggest thing to focus on are the things that you can control. A lot of people focus on things that they can't control, but you want to be focusing, laser-focused, on the things that you can control. And a lot of times you haven't been taught to think about money this way, because in life, what controls your money, a lot of times for a lot of people, is your bills or whatever responsibilities you have. And that's flip-flopped from the way that we teach it here. And if this is how you think, it's not your fault, because maybe growing up you were told money doesn't grow on trees, 
or you were taught to think with a scarcity mindset instead of an abundance mindset. So I'm here to tell you something that may change the way you see money. Because guess what? You have power over money. And once you realize that you can take control over money and you learn how to control money, that is where your wealth journey starts. You don't have to stress out about money forever. You don't have to worry about retirement. You don't have to be in debt your entire life. You can own a house. You can become a millionaire and build wealth. But it all starts with focusing on the things that you can control. And part of what can distract you with your money is things like stress and anxiety. So getting control of your money will absolutely change your life. Money is not there to increase your stress and increase your anxiety. Money is a tool to reduce your stress, reduce your anxiety. Money is self-care for that reason. So getting control over your money is going to make your life that much better. Now, if you're already good with money and you don't do all of these, then choose one and start working on it. Because if you can get 1% better every single day with your money, if you can get 1% better every single day, think about how much better you could be in a year from now. This is why taking control of your money is absolutely life-changing. So if that's something you're into, let's get into it. So the first one is educating yourself and building skills. Now let's break each one of these down a little bit here because having knowledge is incredibly powerful when it comes to building wealth. And this is how you actually empower yourself with wealth. You listening to this podcast is building up knowledge so that you can empower yourself with your money. And not only will you have the wisdom to make the right decisions with your money, but there's also something that is just as powerful, if not more powerful. Because on this podcast all the time, we talk about building generational wealth. Well, the best way to start building generational wealth is to teach the future generations how to handle their money because we can't rely on the school system to teach that. They haven't taught anybody that. So it's up to us to teach the future generations how to use their money. This is one of the coolest pieces to educating yourself is you can pass that wisdom down to your children or your children's friends. Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which was written by Robert Kiyosaki, is one of the most famous finance and investing books out there. And the cool thing about Rich Dad, Poor Dad was it was actually his friend's dad who taught him about money. So educating yourself about how money works is going to be beneficial to every single person around you. What's that saying? Give a person a fish and they'll go hungry in an hour. But if you teach a person to fish, they'll never go hungry. And that's the same thing with your financial education. So some of the best ways to get a financial education, especially if you're just starting out building wealth, is to start reading books. Now, you don't have to read 50 books a year but you can start reading one book a month or one book every other month so that you're able to start growing your knowledge. And we did this on the 75-day challenge, which is still going on right now. And you can join at any time of the year. I'll link it up in the show notes as well. But we started that and said, hey, start to read personal finance books every single day for 75 days. And you're gonna be so much farther ahead than everybody else going forward. The second way is podcasts, like we just talked about. Listening to this podcast, listening to other personal finance podcasts is going to help you tremendously with your money. You can take courses. Courses are a fast track to learning a specific subject. I take courses all the time because for me, I don't have time to go find all the information, compile it together, take hours and hours and hours. I'd rather just have it right in front of me. So I take courses all the time where it's just lined up perfectly right in the order that I need to learn it. And then lastly, you can also hire a coach. So coaching is tremendously beneficial if you're really trying to hit that fast track because you can check in, make sure that you're on the right track, or just do a one-off coaching call just to make sure that you're starting off on the right foot. 
All of these are amazing ways to start getting a financial education so that you can pass it down to future generations. We have a YouTube video. I'll link it up in the show notes so that you could check it out. We talk about additional ways that you can further your financial education as well through mentorship and other things like that. The other part of this one is skills. Now, building up skills is extremely important because building skills increases your income. That's the bottom line. That's why we want to build skills because it increases your income. And some of the top skills out there are things like sales, online marketing, trade skills. Like if you're a nurse, furthering your education within that field is extremely important. Copywriting, project management. There's so many different skills that you can learn and utilize and bring more value to wherever you work so that you can increase your income. So always be learning. Always try to further yourself in this way because you're going to earn more money over the long run. The next one is learning how to minimize your tax liability. Now, what do I mean by that? A lot of people don't understand that if you can maximize the tax code, you can save hundreds of thousands of dollars over the course of your career. See, the tax code is actually 70,000 pages. See, wealthy people understand that the majority of the tax code actually tells people how to avoid taxes. Now, we have an episode talking about this exact subject and all the best ways to legally avoid paying taxes. So check that out. I'll link it up in the show notes as well below. But make sure you check that out if you're really interested in that subject. Now, a couple of ways we'll talk about here are retirement accounts. Retirement accounts are one of the best ways to get started with sheltering your money from taxes. Things like the Roth IRA or the Roth 401k. Both of those are absolutely fantastic ways to shelter from taxes. Or the 401k, the IRA, the SEP IRA, the solo 401k, TSPs, all of those things are amazing. And then HSAs as well are great ways to shelter your money from taxes. Some other awesome ways is making sure you're utilizing your available tax credits. So there are things like if you donate money to a charity, you don't have to pay taxes on that money. Or you get child tax credits. So if you spend money on daycare or your child goes to private school, you can get child tax credits where you don't have to pay tax on that money. Or student loan interest. If you have student loans, you don't have to pay money on the interest that you had to pay. And there's a ton of them. There's a huge list of them. We talked about it in that episode as well. But making sure you utilize your available tax credits is another way to shelter from taxes. Or you can do it through investments. You can invest in things like real estate. This is why so many millionaires put their money in real estate because there's amazing tax shelters that you can utilize from deductions, things like taxes or insurance or interest or repairs. You can also shelter your money through real estate with depreciation where you can write off the properties lost in value over time. There's so many different things that you can do in real estate that it's an amazing tax shelter as well. The third thing to focus on is making sure you invest your money. Now, we talk about investing all the time in this podcast because it's incredibly important to shelter you from a number of different things. But let me put this out there so you understand this. You cannot retire unless you invest your money. So if you're not investing your money, retirement is going to be out of the question for you. You either have to invest in a number of different things that we'll talk about here in a second, but you have to invest your money to be able to retire. You can see the inflation rate as it's been going for the last couple of years, and it's been accelerating every single year. So if you don't invest your money, your buying power is getting eaten away every single year. If you stuff your money in a mattress or put in a safe somewhere or a safety deposit box, that money is losing value every single day. But if you invest those dollars, investing has historically outperformed inflation. And so this is incredibly important to understand because you have to invest your money or you will not be able to retire. Now, where do you invest your money? Our favorite way to start off is index funds. Now, we have an episode called Index Funds Are King where we talk about exactly how to do this. And 
We're going to be coming out with an index fund course very soon. So stay tuned. Make sure you're subscribed to this podcast so you can see when that comes out as well, because we're going to walk you through step-by-step exactly how to invest in index funds. Now, if you don't know what an index fund is, it's a very low-cost way to invest your dollars where you're just buying the entire stock market or you're just buying an index. So it could be the S&P 500. You could buy a NASDAQ. You could buy one with a compilation of a bunch of different tech stocks, for example. There's a bunch of different indexes to invest in, but investing in index funds and ETFs is incredibly important, especially if you're just starting off. It's a way that you can invest and not have to think about investing. And historically, index funds have returned 10% to investors, especially if you're investing in something like the S&P 500. Another way to invest is in real estate. So in real estate, we talked about this in an episode called 20 Ways to Invest in Real Estate. I'll link it up in the show notes as well. But with real estate, you can grow your money as well. There's a number of different ways that you can become a millionaire with real estate. And if you want to do rental properties, you want to loan out money, or you want to do multi-unit properties, or you want to do Airbnbs, it doesn't matter what you want to do. Real estate is a fantastic way to start investing those dollars. Another way is business buying. Now, we have a guest coming up who's going to be talking about how to do this, how to start buying businesses, how to buy boring businesses, things like laundromats, car washes, all those different types of things, because this is something that has a tremendous opportunity. There's a lot of baby boomers who are retiring, and there's an opportunity where they want to sell their business, and usually it's at a very good deal. And then you can also invest in individual stocks like growth stocks or dividend stocks, but you have to invest your money so that you can be able to retire. Number four, this is a big one is to focus on your savings rate. So early on, the first thing that you can do with your money when you're trying to turn your money around is focus on your savings rate. Now, I've heard way too many money gurus out there saying that you need to save 10% of your income. And I hate to be the bearer of bad news here, but a savings rate of 10% of your income is absolutely not gonna cut it. What you need to do is focus on how long you wanna work and how much is enough using the 4% rule. So what is the 4% rule? It's based on a study called the Trinity Study. And basically, what the Trinity study found was that you can draw down 4% of your invested portfolio and preserve that wealth throughout your retirement. So what we did is we have a savings rate chart that we always talk about here on the Personal Finance Podcast. So what we did is I actually adjusted that a little bit because that savings rate chart is at a 5% rate of return. So I adjusted it up to an 8% rate of return with a 4% safe withdrawal rate, the 4% rule. So what I'm going to do here is I'm going to go through a couple of these and show you how long you would have to work based on your savings rate. So if you save 5% of your money, you'd have to work for 47 years. If you save 10% of your money, which is what all the gurus say to start with, you'd have to work for 38 years to be able to retire. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't wanna work at a job I don't like for 38 years. And if you don't like your job, then you have to make a change. That's why we teach financial independence so much on this podcast, because a lot of people are getting false information about their savings rate, thinking, They're accomplishing their goal when, in fact, they're going to have to work for 40 years of their life. Now, if you want to work less time, let me show you how to do that. Because if your savings rate is at 15%, you cut it down to 32 years. If it's at 20%, 28 years. So 20% is where we say you have to start off at at least 20%, and then you want to bump it up over time. 25% is 25 years. 30% is 22 years. So now we're getting into where you can start to retire very fast at a younger age if you have a higher savings rate. 35% is 20 years. 40% is 18 years. 50% is 14 years. So if you can save half of your income, you can retire in 14 years. So say, for example, you and your partner both work. 
So you have two incomes coming in. If you can live off one of those incomes and save half of your income, then you may be able to retire in 14 years. 60%, 11 years. And if you want to retire in less than 10 years, then 65% of your income is less than 10 years. So if you want to check out this chart, I will... Link it up in the show notes as well so you can check out the savings rate chart and I'll throw it up on Instagram and TikTok as well so you can check that out because it's incredibly motivating to look at and it's also something where if you see this, you could say, hey, if I increase my savings rate to this point, then I can retire that much faster and it's incredibly important to do this and then you could tick it up over time. Now, if you're starting off and you're saying, I can't save 20% of my income, how am I supposed to do that? We'll save as much as you possibly can. And then what you want to do is work towards the higher number. So increasing your savings rate by 1% a month or 1% every other month means that you're not going to feel it. And if you do 1% a month, that means you're going to increase your savings rate 12% a year. So if you do it slowly like this, it's not as painful as if you try to do it all at once and have a shockwave and then you quit. You don't want to do that. So making sure that you slowly tick it up over time is incredibly important. Every time you get a raise, put it towards your savings rate. Every time you get a bonus, put it towards your savings rate. Why? Because the more dollars you put to work, the closer you're getting to freedom. You're shoveling coal into the fire. You're fueling the fire. And as that fire grows, eventually you're not going to have to work anymore. Now is a great time of year to get your finances in order. And no matter what your financial goals are this year, when you use Chime's online checking account, you can cross all those financial to-dos off your list. Chime's online checking account has tons of benefits that millions of members love, like fee-fee overdraft up to $200. Plus, get paid up to two days early with direct deposit, all while managing your money on the go 24-7. And you get access to over 60,000 ATMs. So start building your credit and open a Chime checking account with at least $200 qualifying direct deposit to get started. Get started at Chime.com PFP. That's Chime.com PFP. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank, N.A., or Stride Bank, N.A., members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Early access to direct deposit funds depends on payer. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply. The key to winning in any business is making sure you have the right business partner. An example is Procter & Gamble or Ben & Jerry. But what about the perfect partners when it comes to growing your business? That's you and Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to, did we just hit a million dollars stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. And most people know one of your biggest struggles when it comes to starting an online business is finding new customers, and Shopify can help you do that. And what I love about Shopify is no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. So sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash PFP, all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash PFP now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. That's shopify.com slash PFP. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. And if you need to hire, you need Indeed because Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. And they have a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. So ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 
93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash personal finance. Just go to Indeed.com slash personal finance right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash personal finance. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. One of the hardest things about managing your money is figuring out where it's all going. And most of us are trying to save for several goals at once, which can feel like a daunting task to see if you're on track or even on pace to accomplishing your goals. But there is a tool that makes it so much easier and it's called Monarch Money. They help you track your money flow without taking a ton of time and energy. And Monarch has built-in features to collaborate with your partner, family, or financial advisor. And you can invite them with an extra account with their own login at no extra cost to collaborate with you. And Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can create custom budgets, set notifications, and you can set up automatic rules for transactions and notifications. And after trying Monarch for myself, I understand why it's a top-rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash PFP. That's M-O-N- A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash P-F-P for your extended 30-day free trial. The fifth thing that you can control are fees. So fees are absolute wealth killers, and they matter way more than you most know. So you may think to yourself, hey, a 1% fee is not that big of a deal, but you have to understand that a 1% fee can cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars over the course of your investing career. So imagine for a second that you had $100,000 invested. And if that $100,000 earned 6%, which is very conservative a year, for the next 25 years and had no costs or fees, you'd end up with about $430,000. That's with no fees at all. $100,000 invested, you didn't put any more money in there, and it earned 6% every single year, you'd have $430,000. But if, on the other hand, you pay 2% in fees, after 25 years, you'd only have $260,000. So the power to this is a 2% fee wiped out almost 40% of your portfolio just because you paid a fee to an advisor or mutual fund fees. So 2% doesn't sound so small, does it? Now, we have an episode talking about how fees are killers, and I'll leave it in the show notes below, but here's how much they actually kill you. Let's just say, for example, a 1% fee. $100,000 would be $1,000 a year that you pay in fees with 1%. $300,000 would be $3,000. $750,000 would be $7,500. And if you had a million-dollar portfolio, you'd pay ten grand a year in fees with a 1% fee. If you had a $2 million portfolio, you'd be twenty grand per year in fees. $5 million is fifty grand per year in fees. That's absolutely massive. And here's the thing to think about. It's not just paying the fee. It's not just paying the $10,000, $20,000 in fees. You're also losing out on the opportunity cost that, that money could be providing you. Meaning you can invest those dollars and it could be fueling the fire and growing your portfolio even more. So really you're losing out on even more money, which is closer to a million dollars over time. That is how impactful fees can be. The next thing to focus on is your credit score. Now, your credit score is also a six-figure differential if you have a bad credit score or if you have a good credit score. So let's take a $300,000 mortgage, for example. Let's say you want to go buy a house and you start house shopping and you get to the point where you find one you want and you start to apply for mortgages. Now, when you get to applying for a mortgage 
A 1% interest rate differential is a massive difference over the course of 30 years. Let me show you. So a $300,000 house with a 3.5% interest rate, over the course of 30 years, a standard mortgage is 30 years. Now, you can also do a 15-year mortgage as well, but we ran the numbers for 30 years. Means that at a 3.5 interest rate, you would pay $184,000 in interest over the course of 30 years. Now, if you just increased that interest rate 1%, just 1% on the same exact house, you'd pay $247,000. So if you have a worse credit score, your interest rates on loans like this go up. So making sure that you have a good credit score is incredibly important when it comes to getting a mortgage, getting a car loan, all of those things. Because if you have a 1% differential between you and somebody else, then all of a sudden, you're going to be paying well over six figures over the course of your lifetime just because you didn't focus on your credit score. Now, this is incredibly important to understand. Now, what impacts your credit score? There's five factors that we'll talk about here. So payment history is number one. That's 35% of your credit score. So making sure you're paying things on time is incredibly important. And then 30% of your credit score is your credit utilization ratio. So what the credit utilization ratio is, is figuring out how much of your credit you're actually using. The lower this number, the better. So for example, let's say you have a credit card and you're allowed to spend $10,000 on that credit card. If you spend $1,000 on that credit card, then you're spending 10% of your credit utilization ratio. So if you look at studies, studies have been done showing that people with credit scores above 750 all use 7% or less of their credit utilization. Your credit history length is the third one, and that's 15% of your credit score. So making sure that you start your credit history early on is incredibly important. Credit mix is another one, and that's 10% of your credit score. Meaning, do you have a bunch of diverse different credit accounts? Things like, do you have a car loan and a credit card and a student loan, all these different things? Credit mix is another one. And then new credit is another one as well. Well, but payment history and your credit utilization ratio are the two to focus on because that is 65% of your credit score. If you want to 80-20 this thing, you focus on those two plus your credit history length, and those are the ones you really want to focus on to bring your credit score up. And then lastly, the last thing you can focus on is staying away from bad debt. So you're going to hear a lot of people talk about good debt and bad debt. And we're going to have an episode coming up on this podcast talking about the major differences between the two and why good debt is not a bad thing. But I'm going to give you a quick rundown here. So good debt is any debt that is utilized to buy an asset that actually cash flows. Now, if we're going to buy an asset that doesn't cash flow, I wouldn't consider that good debt in my personal book. So you can think of things like using debt to buy a business, using debt to buy a rental property, using debt for all of these different things where they increase in value over time. Now, bad debt would be things like credit card debt that has a high interest rate. It'd be things like high interest student loans, personal loans. All of these would be considered bad debt. Now, what do I consider bad debt? Pretty much anything above a 5% interest rate, you're starting to get closer to where you want to pay that bad boy off. So if you're trying to decide, should I pay off this or should I invest my dollars, just look at your interest rates on your debt. If your debt is over 5%, if you have something like a student loan that has a 7% interest rate on the debt, then I would go ahead and try to pay that off. But if your student loan is like 2% or your mortgage is 3%, then I would focus those dollars on investing those dollars instead because mathematically you're going to come out ahead. But as it starts to tick up above a 5% interest rate, then I would go ahead and get rid of that debt because that's something that it's going to turn into bad debt over time. 
So listen, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and you learned a lot. If you have any questions, hit me up on Instagram or TikTok at Master Money Co. And follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or whatever podcast player you love listening to this podcast to. And if you want to help out the show, leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to check us out on YouTube as well at Master Money on YouTube. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. I appreciate each and every single one of you, and we will see you on the next episode. Everyone's heard the saying, you have to spend money to make money. But everything in life, from travel to starting a business, is expensive. Which is why I want to tell you about a new podcast I love that will teach you all the tactics, tricks, and tips you need to upgrade your life, money, and even travel, all while spending less and saving more. It's called All the Hacks, and it's a top-ranked show hosted by my good friend Chris Hutchins. A financial optimizer, an entrepreneur who's racked up millions of points, and he sold two companies. And if you want to rethink the way you're spending money, you have to check out the episode 91 with Bill Perkins and why you should be optimizing for net fulfillment and not net worth and striving to die with zero. All the Hacks has something for everyone, and I'm sure you'll find a new tactic that you can apply to your own life, whether it's a money hack that increases your net worth or a routine change that boosts your productivity. So check out All the Hacks. That's All the Hacks on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your wallet will thank you later.